Welcome to another episode of the Clean Simple Free Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Fox. In today's episode, I speak with Angie of Tangie Waste Free Products. This was such a fun interview. Angie is a self-described free spirit hippie type who talks about how she stepped away from the corporate world to work in a field that aligned with her passion for the planet and who she is on the inside. In this interview, she discusses the importance of reducing single-use plastics, how we can practically do that in our everyday life, and some of the common pitfalls of recycling and mistakes we can avoid. This interview is a few minutes longer than usual, but it's very enlightening, and you don't want to miss this one. Stick around. My name is Angie Ringler, and I am a third-generation Floridian. I really started out in a very corporate environment. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer early on in my life. And I spent a lot of years working in law offices. And close to 15 years ago, I had the opportunity to really think about what I wanted to do in my life and whether what I was doing on a daily basis for my career was in alignment with who I was every day. And Through some quiet time and chats with other people, I realized that it really wasn't in alignment with me. And I took that opportunity to explore some other options for myself. And I realized I'm a pretty hippie spirit girl at heart. I'm really a person who cares about the environment and the things that I use around my body. And I just realized that doing something that was more in alignment with that would feel good. That's when I started my business, Tangi, and was making a lot of my own cleaning products at home and experimenting of ways to resolve my own skin irritations. I'm a natural redhead. I deal with a lot of skin sensitivities my whole life. And when I started finding some good solutions I was able to turn this, what was a hobby at the time, into a full-fledged business that it is today. So it feels really good to be kind of following my North Star, you know, if you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. and every day applying who I feel like I am on the inside to making that be my exterior as well and being able to apply that into a business that I feel not only helps myself, but helps other people as well, whether it's dealing with trying to reduce your chemical exposure or helping your skin or just wanting to be aware of what you put in and around your body and ultimately helping the environment by not putting a lot of excess plastic waste out there in packaging form, which is what happens to a lot of products when we use it at the end. Mm -hmm. That packaging just keeps living on and on and on for years and years. So I feel really good about that change that I took for myself many years ago. Yeah, I bet. What initially drew you to become interested in environmental practices and sort of a more eco-friendly focus? Well, I guess I didn't really know early on kind of the word eco, the hippie spirit inside of me. I'm a huge Grateful Dead fan. I spent years, you know, following the band around the country. And I just love that community aspect of how people were kind of taking care of each other. And they were also taking care of their surroundings. I remember one clear time that's a good example. When I was checking out a few shows, I think it was like a three or four night shows in um, Oregon. And we actually had the ability to camp right across the street from the arena where the band was playing. And there were 
probably thousands of deadheads camping in this <laughs> basically cleared out field that a guy owned. And it was with his permission, of course, everybody was camping there. So, you know, you imagine a bunch of people, you know, swarming in on one small location, staying there for four to five days and all the trash and waste that it just naturally made. When we went to leave, pretty much most of the place had cleared out. I looked around and there was not any trash. There wasn't, you know, water bottles skewn everywhere. The trash that was there was neatly packed into, you know, bags ready to pick up because the owner of the property, he went around that morning, the last day that everybody was there, and he came to every campsite, shook our hand, and thanked us for being there because people were being kind and they were being kind to his land. Mm-hmm. And so it was really nice to just look around and be like, wow, this is a really cool thing that we all care enough about the land that we're standing on to not leave it all trashed. So I guess, you know, those are those moments that I just felt really in tune with like what was happening. And it just kind of bled into my normal lifestyle of washing out plastic baggies and reusing them until they just didn't zip anymore. And of course, this is before like stasher bags was really popular and these cool options that we have today. Maybe it just felt right. All those moments that I was coming across, I guess it was just me being curious and looking around and those things just resonated with me. And I've continued to grow upon that. And the more the internet grows, I'm able to find out really great options without having to take a lot of time to get to that end result. Very cool. Well, on your website, I'm going to read a little paragraph from it. It says, At Tamji, we give you products that have zero plastic, no harmful chemicals, and cause the least negative impact on the environment. So I'm curious, what kind of packaging do you use to eliminate the use of plastics? Today, we're using cardboard and we're using aluminum. Okay. I must say, Ashley, it wasn't always like that. I started out my business very traditionally, like when you go down the aisle at the grocery store and you just see all those plastic bottles, you know, sprayers of all purpose cleaner and jugs of laundry soap. That's how I started out because I thought that natural ingredients was the answer. And, you know, I was looking at it from a perspective of my own skin irritations. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to go more natural. And as I was learning more about that, I was applying that kind of education to the ingredients that I was using. You know, I kind of went from like borax products um, or borax ingredient moved into like yucca root powders and soap nuts and things that were, I felt were even more natural than what I was getting in some natural products that I was buying at the store. So when I first started the business, I was making liquid laundry soap, putting it in a very traditional looking laundry bottle, plastic handle and with the Mm -hmm. screw cap that was a measuring on top. And I did the same thing for all purpose cleaner. It was in a plastic bottle with a plastic sprayer. And it wasn't until I was in business for a handful of years that I started to wonder where the heck were all these plastic bottles going? So I was driving my Prius into Orlando And I was loading it up with as many plastic bottles as I could fit in there, taking them back to my lab and filling them and sending them out into the world. But where were they all going? 
it started to feel uncomfortable with this wastefulness that I was putting out there. So my brilliant solution was to put a coupon right on the label. And it basically said, you get $2 off your next purchase if you return this bottle to where you bought it from. And then I could pick them up from the stores and I could sanitize them and refill them. And sadly, Ashley, I got hardly any bottles back. It was really that moment with myself. And I was like, am I really still part of the solution by using natural ingredients? If my bottles could be ending up in landfills and not breaking down, or even worse, are they finding their way into our rivers or into our ocean? And that didn't set well with me, as you can imagine. I took my time and I said, let me figure out a way to not be a bottle pusher. How can I sell liquid ingredients or liquid products without having to use a plastic bottle? And I didn't know if I could answer that. So I spent the next few years, a lot of my research and, you know, testing and trying different ingredients and different processes. And fortunately, I was able to turn like my liquid laundry soap into a concentrated bar or what I call even a paste that Mm -hmm. people could dissolve at home because we all have water at home. We all have bottles or jugs that we can refill at home. So why should I be supplying those things? It made me really happy to finally figure that out, that I could I could take a concentrate of my liquid laundry soap, I could sell it in this bar form that was no bigger than a deck of playing cards, and that could be dissolved by the end user at home, making a gallon of liquid laundry soap for themselves and getting to refill their container, whatever it is that works well for them, that they would actually have the opportunity to refill that for endless amount of times. It's time for a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And welcome back to the episode. The more we're turned on to global news, we realize that that waste is ending up somewhere. And for me, I don't live near a landfill, so I don't visually see that. But the more that I learned about how our plastic was building up and worse off that we were as a nation, packaging it up into big container ships and shipping it off to some other country, like we're just going to push our problems off to somebody else. You know, the more I learned about that, how could I ignore it? I just couldn't shove that information away. It's kind of like, once you know, you know, and you've got to do something about it if you have the ability to do something about it. And I felt that I did if I just took that time to think it through. And honestly, Ashley, if I hadn't come up with that solution, I wouldn't be in this business today. I I knew that at that moment, I either had to make it better or find something else to do that was still in alignment with who I am. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it is difficult to continue doing the same things we've been doing once we've sort of pulled back that curtain. I'd like to talk about Tangi and what kind of products are available. Sure. So, you know, I just mentioned the laundry concentrate. And I did the same thing to our hand wash concentrate. So it's also in a very concentrated little bar that I say bar, but it's not hard like you think of a bar of soap that you would use. It's really more of the consistency of thick cream cheese. So you could take it with a butter knife and you can cut it into pieces. So you don't have to dissolve 
a gallon all at one time? Because honestly, who wants to, you know, lug around a gallon of anything? You can cut it into smaller pieces and just dissolve the amount that you need. So I did that with hand wash. And you think of these great foamers and pumpers, and some of them are really cute, you know, that we use for our hand wash that are meant to be refilled. Even those plastic ones that we buy from the store, like a foaming dispenser, those are meant to be reused hundreds of times. But yet most of us, and we've been trained very well through marketing, is that when that container is empty, what do we do with it? Yeah, it gets tossed or in the best case, recycled, but still. So I figured, you know, this would be a great opportunity to allow us to be able to refill those containers at home that we already love. They already fit our decor. So it's the laundry concentrate, the hand wash concentrate. We do shampoo bars, conditioner bars, stain removers, shaving cream, hair and body oil. I mentioned earlier that we do cardboard and aluminum packaging. Mm -hmm. So like our hair and body oil is packaged in an aluminum. I met a girl here in Florida. Her name is Tara Lasale, and she is like really in the world of recycling and packaging and She's turned out to be a really good friend and a great resource for me. And the more conversations I had with her, she told me that, you know, recycling is kind of on the downswing. You know, we as a nation are recycling less and less. I know our community doesn't even recycle glass anymore. And for a long time, I was picking products that were in glass because I thought that was really the best option. And as I learned more through Tara, about recycling, I learned that those who have the recycling businesses are incentivized to recycle cardboard and aluminum. So mm. when I think of a new product or something that benefits me at home that I'm either making for myself and using with you know value, and I want to bring it into the line of Tangi products, I then have to figure out, can I do it in cardboard or aluminum? Because I want to make sure that whatever my customers are using that packaging can then be put back into the cycle and it has the best chance of actually being made into something else. I like that you're researching this stuff. I, I have kind of a follow-up question. Why is it that people are recycling less as a whole? Is that due to restrictions or are we just getting lazy about it? I think probably a little bit of both. Definitely the restrictions are affecting how much gets recycled. And I feel that the more we learn about that, then people are like, well, what difference does it make? Right. It's not okay. really being recycled into anything. And in a way that is true. It's sad, but it's true. I sometimes peek into my neighbor's recycling bins when I'm on my walks, just out of curiosity. And there's random things in there and everything from, you know, oily pizza boxes to beach chairs to clothing and shoes. And we know dang well that when that recycling bin gets picked up and those recyclers see it, they're just dumping that whole thing in the trash. They're not going to sort through it to find out what they can actually use and what they can't. We just don't have the manpower, the resources to do that. First of all, with the oily pizza boxes, I actually, I argue with my mother-in-law about this because she's like, it's cardboard. It can be recycled. And I was like, no, I learned that the oils can damage the machines. And it's yeah. funny because if we're not informed, we could just be filling up our recycling bins with things that are totally useless at a plant. But we all have, you know, areas that we overlook. 
And sometimes it's because we just don't know better. For instance, I had this conversation the other day with somebody about, well, how do I know what goes in my bin? You know, and I'm like, well, there is that sticker on the top that they include that kind of tells us what should be in there. Mm-hmm. But I realized when I went out there the other day and looked at mine, mine is so faded. I can't even read it anymore. Yeah. So I think that even if people are trying to do the right thing and they're looking at their bin and they're like, I don't, I can't remember, can this go in there or not? And if that sticker is faded, they're either going to just not recycle it and maybe it could be, or they're going to throw it in there and it shouldn't be in there. So that causes like another sticky point of, are we doing the right thing? Because we we're not really given the right information. We've been taught pretty well that if we're recycling, it's great. I mean, I still have some friends who say to me, oh man, I send out my recycling bin to the road every week and it's filled with stuff. And I'm thinking, excellent, except for why not reduce the stuff from the get-go and you don't even have to fill your recycling bin. Yeah, And that I think is where we, not as the consumer, honestly, I feel like it's the job of the of the manufacturers and the businesses who are selling these products to take more control of the packaging and what's happening and not rely on the consumer. You know, there's some soda companies out there right now that I've seen some new commercials where they're basically like, help us get those bottles back and we will, you know, recycle them into something else. Well, how about if you stop putting those bottles out there and come up with some better options? They've got the money and the resources to think this through and have solutions. If I, as a little teeny company, as a one woman tinkerer with ingredients and formulations, if I can come up with a way to make my laundry soap from a liquid into a paste and get rid of that bottle, how can the big wigs not have that power, Ashley? I I just don't get it. It would be great if all the manufacturers took on that responsibility and realized that it kind of starts with them. But yeah, I think what you're doing is just absolutely great. So I have a question. How can the average person listening to this episode start to eliminate single-use plastics from everyday use? Great question, because we all start somewhere. So it really doesn't matter where you are on the journey. But obviously, the biggest impact that we have is our drink bottles. So carry a reusable water bottle with you or a reusable coffee cup or something that you can put liquid in that fits your lifestyle. I think the second most powerful thing we can do, especially if we are the kind of person that eats out and finds that we're taking leftovers. Like for instance, I love to go to this restaurant in Orlando and they have great desserts. So I typically eat all my food, but I always buy desserts to take home. (laughs) So I think a really easy fix for people to reduce their waste is to just put like a food container in your car or in your backpack, even some utensils. So we're not utilizing those to-go or single-use utensils that are typically served at a lot of restaurants. I love that. I would have never, ever thought to, to bring food storage containers with. Yeah. And I think that people pay attention. I know that people pay attention. I was at a restaurant here in Mount Dora a few weeks ago with my aunt. And I, when I go out to dinner, I will take a little bag and it'll have like one or two glass containers in it. Cause I don't know if I'm going to want to put all the food together in one container 
or if I'm going to want to separate them. When the lady came by at the end of our meal, the waitress and said, you know, would you like me to get you a to-go container? I pulled the bag off of the chair at our table. And I said, no, I brought these glass containers and I pulled them out. Her eyes lit up and she was like, what a great idea. And I said, yeah, I'm just trying to reduce that waste of taking that container from you. And basically tomorrow I would throw it away. And she goes, I love that. She goes, I never thought to carry my own container to a restaurant. She goes, I'm going to do that. That made me feel so good that my one little moment had this ripple effect For all I know, she has shared it with somebody and that ripple effect is still moving today because we don't get to see those moments carry on of how our actions make this positive impact. I think my third tip too is a really easy one because it's just that basic of buy bars, not bottles. Take a quick look around of what you use the most of that maybe it's hand wash or maybe it's shampoo that you use a lot of, or, you know, look in the kitchen and see what do I use a lot of that's coming in plastic and do a quick Google search of options of plastic free options for that product. And you really might be surprised of the companies that have come out with wonderful options in a better packaging. Maybe it's in cardboard, maybe it's in glass or aluminum, but you didn't even know it was out there because A lot of us get in those same buying habits where we just go to the same stores, we go right to the place where we're used to buying it, and we grab it off the shelf. Nothing wrong with that, but if you're looking to make that change and reducing some waste or plastic, just kind of take a look around and see what companies are doing that. And if the company you love to use because you love that brand and those ingredients, call them. As a business owner, I want to know what consumers want. I want to know what they're looking for, whether it be a scent or an ingredient or packaging. The more information we can give these companies, the better off they are. And when they know the demand is there, they then even have that much more, you know, gumption to maybe look at, is that possible for them in their business model? Is that possible for them in the way that their manufacturing processes work? You know, we vote with our dollar every day. So take it beyond pulling that dollar out of your wallet and send an email or get on the phone or something like that to relay your concerns. I like that suggestion. And it's interesting to hear it coming from a business owner, because I think it's very easy for us to say, oh, well, they won't care what I think. It's not worth it to reach out. But you're saying as a business owner, no, we want to hear from the from the customer. And we want to hear what we can do differently. I so want to hear that. Let me, if I can, just tell you a great story that I had happen just recently. Yeah. So we do a a pet shampoo bar. We're big animal lovers over here. We offer this wonderful pet shampoo bar that had Penny Royal essential oil in it. Now, when I was first doing the formulation, of course, I looked into the ingredients and I put these ingredients together. About... Two months ago, I got a chat on my website from a customer who had bought the bar and she learned that pennyroyal essential oil could be hazardous or even dangerous to pets. She contacted me and I replied back to her. I was like, I didn't know that. You know, she even sent me some links of articles that talk specifically about it. Ashley, we pulled that bar immediately. We took all the inventory that was in our warehouse and we put it aside, not selling it for pets. Mm -hmm. And we reformulated immediately. Like 
I immediately pivoted based on that information. And right now we've got our final test batch coming up. We're about to come out with a new and improved pet bar that obviously we have vetted the ingredients. I even (laughs) reached out to that customer, told her what was happening. And she was over the moon excited to know that her one chat to me has changed our entire pet line, basically. It is interesting to hear, again, just the impact that one person speaking up or doing something a little bit differently can have. Yeah, because new research is coming out all the time. And as a business owner, I'm busy doing these other things, right? Maybe administrative or growing in different areas or different products. And I might overlook that new research that's come out. I want to talk about your book for a minute. You have a book out called Going Plastic Free, Room by Room, that discusses how people can remove single-use plastic from their homes without becoming overwhelmed. Can you talk about why this is important and how we can accomplish this? Well, first, let me tell you how the book came to me and why I put it out there. I was actually having a massage by a friend of mine, and in the middle of that massage, the whole book was downloaded to me. I know that sounds corny in a way, but... I just saw it so clearly. It was like all of these things that I have learned and been researching and doing for myself, things that work, that didn't work. I saw it so clearly in the form of a book. I could see the chapters and I could see the content. And it was a very wonderful moment that I had. I I can't say I've had a lot of moments like that in my life. And after that massage, I basically jotted down what I had seen in my mind. So I put the book together in this room by room format, because to me, going plastic free or looking to reduce waste in your life or looking to have healthier options, it can't happen all at once. It's too overwhelming. We we have life to live and we can't just focus on that. Just attacking like one room at a time, not only would make it simpler to address, It also gave us that sense of accomplishment when we did it. So for instance, if you were just to look in the book at the bathroom section, if you reviewed your life and say, wow, I feel like I have a lot of trash coming out of my bathroom, then just look at the bathroom section of the book, see what I've done, because a lot of the book is really my stories of things that I've done. It's a lot about options that I've come across, companies that I've learned about that are doing better things in that area. You can just take that little section, maneuver within it, and then once you've got your bathroom down and you feel really confident about the changes you've made, then you can move on to the next area in your house. If we're not finding solutions to make those changes, they don't become new habits, we're not going to stick to them. You know, you can't just take your bottle of shampoo and buy a shampoo bar and it not work for you. You're going to revert back to that bottled product that won't reach you to your goal of whether it's reducing the chemicals or the plastic, whatever it is, you have to maybe take time to try a couple shampoo bars. You have to maybe reach out to a couple of companies and find one that works for you. I always tell people, do not just stick with the first thing if it doesn't work for you. Reach out and try another brand because you'll probably find one that is beneficial. And so in the book, I decided that I would showcase these companies that I've come across that do a great job. And of course, that's going to allow me to do an update to the book about every two years of just updating the links and companies that I list at the end, because we're having amazing companies come out all the time that deserve that recognition of what they're doing. 
And then at the very back of the book is a quick checklist. I know for me, when I can check stuff off my to-do list, I feel really good and it makes me feel like I've accomplished something. So I put that in the book too as well. And there's lots of pictures and funny stories. And I just really have taken my probably last 15 to 20 years of life and put it into a book format. And it turned out to be about 100 pages. Well, I'm excited to read it. I like that, first of all, the book came to you in this sort of moment of epiphany. I also like the gradual process of attacking one room at a time and kind of evaluating the waste that comes out of each room. I'm glad that came to you because a lot of times we only think of the kitchen because that's where most of our, our waste comes from because food has a much harder time getting into packaging that can actually be recycled or composted or something. What is the one takeaway from this chat that you'd like the listeners to know? I would say the one takeaway is that it is possible to do a little bit better every day without costing you more or being inconvenient. Those two things are very important, but just know that if you just pick one thing and try it for two to three months, and if it works for you, it then becomes your new habit and then pick one more thing and do that again. Don't overwhelm yourself with trying to go Pinterest pretty and clearing out your cabinet and going all glass. Honestly, you should just be reusing everything you have until the very end, but pick one thing at a time to change in your life and then move on to the next. I love that. Yeah, we can all we can all do one thing. We can't do it all, but we can do something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, Ashley, that's so funny you say that. On my computer, which I know you can't see this sign right now, but taped to the top of my computer screen is mm -hmm. a quote by David Allen and it says, "You can do anything, but you can't do everything." Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. It's a really good reminder. Awesome. Well, Angie, it has been a great chat. Is there anything that I'm missing or anything you didn't get to talk about that you wanted to? Well, thank you. And there is one thing I would like to bring up because it's new and exciting in my business right now. February 1st, we just opened up our own warehouse. So we now have control over our own shipping. For the last several years, I've been using a third-party logistics company. And I didn't always have control over how they were shipping things out, you know, like the packaging mm. and the tape and the labels and all those things that matter to me. Because if I'm going to take the time to put out a product to help reduce waste, I don't want my consumers to get it in something that's equally as wasteful. Mm -hmm. So we opened up our own warehouse and I'm really excited to take that in-house for ourselves to have that control but we got a larger space than we needed because now we can offer that as a service to other companies who are growing and who are looking for that kind of service of needing a company to do their inventory and their shipping services to their customers. You know, maybe they've outgrown their spare bedroom or their garage and they are having growth that they need help in those areas. And we can proudly offer that service with the same standards that we have for Tangi of doing everything very thoughtfully, plastic free and with minimal waste. That is exciting. Thank you again. It's been really a lot of fun. And uh, 
yeah, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> I appreciate you having me, Ashley. Thank you so much. I've listened to several of your episodes and I know that we're definitely, you know, on the same track together. And the more that we can get this word out to people that collectively we'll be able to make some positive changes on our planet. And that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. That's going to do it for this week. You can check out Angie's products by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting Tangi on Instagram and Facebook at Waste Free Products. You can also pick up a copy of Angie's book for free at wastefreepledge.com or clicking the link in the show notes. If you want to say hi to me, be a guest on the podcast, or reach out with questions of your own that you would like answered, email me at clean.simple.free at gmail.com or reach out on Instagram at clean.simple.free. I'd love to give a shout out to those of you who support this show. Thank you for supporting. This show depends on listener support, so if you'd like to keep hearing new episodes of this podcast, click the link in the description that says support this podcast and consider donating 99 cents per month, which breaks down to 50 cents an episode. It's very, very much appreciated. Thanks for tuning in and remember clean spaces make for a more simple way of life. And when life is simplified, your mind will feel free. See you next time.